the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Saturday evening to you folks. Another Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, a fantastic show for you tonight. A couple of craft beer guests that will be joining me this hour. It's going to be a little Jersey-centric again. But uh, some news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? It's easy, at Al Gattulo on Twitter. Instagram is at Gattulo. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Via email at albertg at nycradio.com. And don't forget, iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Judas Priest's Bloodstone from the Screaming for Vengeance album way back in 1982. Got a chance to see Judas Priest earlier this week, Tuesday night at the Prudential Center. What an amazing show. And they played this song as I'm running it underneath me here. Bloodstone for the first time since 1990. That's almost 30 years, folks. The last time they played this song, it was awesome. Halford is just on fire. His vocals are great. Uh, saved himself for the big songs. They did uh, The Ripper, Sinner. Uh, they did uh, Metal Gods uh, for one of the encores. You got another thing coming. Some Heads Are Gonna Roll. First time they played that one since 1991. Just an amazing, amazing job uh, from the boys from Birmingham. Tremendous show. Uh, had such a great time with my friends. Now, tonight, actually, I am down in Atlantic City for the Atlantic City Beer and Music Fest. Uh, a great night uh, is going to be had, and we'll review that on next week's program. Uh, lots of fun always down there. Over 200 breweries. Uh, you, can't, you, just, you can't possibly get to taste all of the beers. We try, but unfortunately we can't. And Usually what we do now is, my friends and I, we go to the breweries where we haven't sampled stuff uh, from them so that this way we can try and get to almost uh, you know as many as we can uh, within the four hours. Of course, you take water breaks and stuff, and you have something to eat. But uh, it's always a good time down in Atlantic City. Later on in the program, though, I'm going to talk about uh, where I was at on Thursday. I was off from the Joe Piscopo show for a couple of days. Uh, Wednesday night, I was down in Atlantic City to actually judge for the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival. But on Thursday, I was over at City Field, not because the Mets are getting set to play to start their season, but because McKellar Brewing is actually opening up a brewery inside of City Field. We've talked about it on the show before. They were nice enough to invite myself, along with a few colleagues here from work and other media members, to their soft opening uh, of the brewery and uh, got to sample some beers, uh, talk with a few of the people from McKellar. So we'll talk about that in our Suds and Duds segment uh, of the program coming up uh, in about, eh, about 40 minutes from now. 
Now, my guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. First up, Keith Oriente from Brotherton Brewing will join me. They're down in Chemong, New Jersey. These guys are just ripping it up. I uh, got a chance to try them over at Paragon Tap and Table about a month or so ago. Keith's got some good stuff going on there. He was gracious enough to buy me uh, one of his beers. A lot of fun with Keith. Great conversation with him. And then at the bottom of the hour, Barry Holston, the brewery manager for Flying Fish Beer. Uh, these guys have been around uh, a long time in the state of New Jersey. We'll discuss the brewery, latest beers coming out, etc. That's coming up 20 minutes from now. But let's get into some news and notes uh, as we move on here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Left Hand Brewing released a limited-release IPA, Pride Runs Deep. This was a couple of weeks ago they released it. This was in uh, commemoration uh, of uh, a new submarine that launched back on uh, St. Paddy's Day, uh, the USS Colorado, uh, and all proceeds to this uh, beer of Pride Runs Deep, which is an IPA, as I mentioned, uh, will go to directly to support the crew of the USS Colorado. So they had a bunch of different events. And then on uh, St. Paddy's Day, they had the commissioning of the USS Colorado at the Naval Submarine Base in New London uh, in uh, Groton, Connecticut, which is very, very cool. So this is a, a great thing. You want to support the troops. You want to support the Navy. If you can uh, get, you know, get to your liquor store, ask them uh, for Left Hand Brewing's IPA uh, limited release, Pride Runs Deep. And again, all proceeds go directly to support the crew of the USS Colorado. Chatham Brewing, they released a, an FDNY charity collaboration beer. Uh, my thanks to Jay Wolf. He brought me uh, a sample of this beer uh, about a week or so ago for St. Paddy's Day. And um, Chatham Brewing announced the release of Shillelagh Lager, spelled L-A-W-G-E-R, which is a collaboration charity beer uh, with the New York City-based Irish band Shillelagh Law and benefiting the FDNY Family Transport Foundation, the brewery and the band. Uh, I guess came together last year. They both appeared at a beer festival in Westchester. A Chatham staff member from Brooklyn, been a longtime fan of the band, reached out to them to put a beer together for the festival. The first keg of Shillelagh Lager was poured that day to great fanfare. And then over the past year, the brewery has supplied kegs for several of the band's shows in the Hudson Valley. But the band was celebrating their 20th anniversary this year, and they wanted to do something special for St. Paddy's Day. So owner Tom Crowell uh, reached out to them, and they put together this um, this uh, lager, Shillelagh Lager, uh, that um, would benefit somebody, you know, a charity. And they chose Shillelagh Law, the FDNY Family Transport Foundation, to receive a portion of the proceeds of the sales of the beer. They have a close affiliation with the FDNY, its members, and their families. So uh, the proceeds, some of the proceeds from this beer, is going to go to the FDNY Family Transport Foundation. Uh, the beer is available in limited quantities in cans and on draft uh, in Westchester and Saratoga Springs and in select retailers in New York City and Long Island. They've run out of it. It's a light American lager clocking in at about 4.5% uh, alcohol by volume. They are making another batch, though, Jay tells me, uh, which should be out in about a month or so, so probably end of April. They'll be coming out with this again. Jay sent me a sample. We'll test it and check it out and uh, review it for you for Suds and Duds. So, Jay, I appreciate it very much. for. Uh, actually, Jay drove down here. Well, I sent one of the interns out because I didn't want him to pay $30 to park. He dropped the beer off of one of our, one of our interns, and then they ran it back upstairs. So uh, thank you, Jay. I appreciate it. You didn't have to do that coming all the way down from the Hudson Valley, but it is, uh, it is much appreciated. As we continue on news and notes here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, Stone Brewing has announced uh, an inaugural lineup of its in-store-only releases. Uh, this is for this year. They're doing experimental beers and pilot batches that are rotating through Stone's uh, growler list. But these are some of the ones that you're going to be able to get only at the um, uh, Stone stores. They will not be available in regular stores. So they're going to have a Stone White Ghost Berliner Weiss. Uh, they will have the Stone Liberty Station 5th Anniversary IPA. That's going to be released in 16-ounce uh, 
four-pack cans of the week of May 14th. The Stone Mission Warehouse Sour. Um, This is the third in a series it will release with pre-sales starting in June. Uh, Stone Notorious POG Berlin Iron Vice. This is in 16-ounce four-pack cans. That will begin the week of July 2nd. And then they're doing some first-look beers uh, to have uh, approximately 60 to 90 days prior to the public release date. Uh, Fans will be able to get them at the Stone stores. So limited amounts will be bottled or canned in preliminary packaging, including Stone on Peach Double IPA, which is available now, uh, Stone Idolatrist IPA, which is available in the spring, Stone Fear Movie Lions Double IPA, also available in the spring, and then coming up in the fall, Stone Brewing American Homebrewers Association Homebrew Competition Collaboration Beer. It's a very long title for a beer. That'll be available in the fall. And then Stone Sanctimonious IPA will also be available in the fall. And finally, in our final bit of news and notes here before we take a break, the Brewers Association uh, released the annual rankings of the top 50 U.S. beer companies based on 2017 sales volume estimates. And, of course, who is number one? Yingling. And the reason why Yingling is number one is because it is still independently owned and it meets the criteria for the Brewers Association. Less than 25% is owned by an alcohol industry member that is not also a craft brewery, and they make fewer than 6 million barrels annually. So uh, Yingling number one, Boston Beer number two, Sierra Nevada, New Belgium, and Duvel Morgat, which compromises Boulevard Brewing, Firestone Walker, and Brewery Amagang in the United States, rounded out the top five. Um... Let's see here. The uh, I'm trying to see here what who moved up here. Uh, Deschutes Brewery fell two places to tenth. Stone Brewing uh, moved up one place to eighth. Uh, Oscar Blues Cigar City uh, moved up to ninth. Uh, Dogfish Head has moved up two spots to number twelve. Odell Brewing Company jumped from number twenty-seven to number twenty-two on the list. California's uh, 21st Amendment moved up five places to number 26. They're an underrated beer, 21st Amendment. They make some good stuff. Trogues climbed eight spots, now ranks as the 30th largest brewery in the U.S. Revolution Brewing, Chicago's Revolution Brewing, cracked the top 50 in 2015. They moved up six more places to number 40 uh, on the list. And Green Flash Brewing uh, out of San Diego, which recently pulled distribution uh, from 32 states and began a recapitalization process, also fell six places to number 43, and then there was one other that I wanted to mention in here because these guys, um, their rep, Brad Foreman, is a great guy. Great Lakes Brewing, they are they are at number 20. So obviously a number of uh, breweries have been sold, so they would be dropped off the list. Brooklyn Brewery is at number 11. Great uh, job out of Brooklyn Brewery. Unfortunately, no New Jersey beers have cracked the, uh, cracked the list yet, but, you know, maybe one day uh, they'll crack the list there. And if I had to, if I had to bet which Jersey brewery would crack the list first, uh, to get in that top 50 list, you'd have to look at Carton, Kane, and maybe Cape May. I think those are the three Jersey breweries you'd have to look at. Who would crack the top 50 first? If I had to guess, uh, take a shot at it, I would probably say Carton first because Carton is moving into a bigger facility, so they're going to be pr- producing more beer. So I-, I could see in another two years Carton cracking that list first. Maybe Kane, but Kane doesn't make as much as Carton, and they certainly don't distribute in, in, in many stores. Uh, Cape May could be one that could crack the uh, top 50 very soon, but we'll see. When we come back after a short break, Keith Oriente from Brotherton Brewing will join me. And, folks, just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage, and it's made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. 
Eric Metaxas is always in awe of God's timing. The flight was delayed three hours. So I immediately prayed and I said, Lord, if you can't get us a plane sooner, then you've got a purpose here. We submit to you. Mm. Within seconds, we bumped into somebody that I uh, had met at the conference and was able to share my faith with that person. We had this glorious conversation. I mean, it really seemed God appointed. He opened a door because of a delay. The Eric Metaxas Show, weeknights at 11, right after Joe Walsh at 9 on AM 970. The answer. This is Jack from Banyan Hill. You like freedom? I do. You like money? I do too. If you like freedom and money, then you're going to love Freedom Checks. You see, over the next few months, an estimated $34.6 billion is up for grabs to anyone who stakes their claim. Yep, you heard right. $34.6 billion. To get all the details, just go to www.freedomchecks123.com. Thousands of people are already lined up to cash in. Take Doug, for example. He's a 46-year-old from Joplin, Missouri, who's set to get a check for $24,075. And if Doug can do this, I've got a hunch that you can too. But here's the thing. If you want a chance to grab your full share of this $34.6 billion payout, you must have your ducks in a row by April 1st. So don't wait. Get over to www.freedomchecks123.com before the April 1st deadline. That's www.freedomchecks123.com. Hey, this is Michael Riedel from the New York Post. Be sure to listen to my show, On the Town, every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock here on AM 970, The Answer. There's an exciting new revival of Carousel that's in previews now at the Imperial Theater. Carousel is one of my favorite American musicals by Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein. It stars Tony winner Jesse Mueller. It is now in previews at the Imperial. Visit telecharge.com and get tickets to Carousel. That's telecharge.com. Now in previews at the Imperial Theater on Broadway. Hi, it's Mike Gallagher. I hope you'll join my friends and colleagues here at AM 970 The Answer, Hugh Hewitt, Larry Elder, and me on the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaiian Cruise this coming August. This is going to be an amazing journey, a great time to discuss the future of our country, all while sailing in paradise amidst the legendary Hawaiian Islands. Unlike any other cruise you've ever experienced, this will be one of the best times you've ever had. We'll sail to some of the most beautiful islands in the world. We'll see all the sights by day. Then at night, join Larry, Hugh, and me for a lively and interactive discussion on what's going on in our country while exchanging ideas about ways to chart a fresh course for our beloved nation. It's the 2018 Aloha Talkers Hawaiian Cruise. Set sail for seven days, August 11th through the 18th. For all the details, just visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com or call 855-655-1335, 855-655-1335. Book your trip today. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM970theanswer.com. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Catulo, that's G A T T U L O, Facebook.com. Slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. Don't forget, Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can listen to all the craft beer casts right from there. My guest on the cast, he's the managing member of a brewery located in Shamong, New Jersey. They've been producing beer since 2015. Name of the brewery is Brotherton Brewing. BrothertonBrewing.com is the website for more information. Keith was nice enough to buy me one of his IPAs a week or so ago at Paragon Tap and Table. Very much appreciate that. Let me welcome in Keith Orente to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 the answer keith welcome 
Good morning, Al. Thanks for having me. You got it. Now, Keith, I'm going to assume you were a home brewer to start. How did you decide to open your own brewery? Well, me and a couple of buddies of mine um, just really, really started to get into craft beer about 10 years ago. Um, that's right around the time I was uh, home brewing myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, right around the year 2013, 2014, we started talking about opening a brewery. Uh, a couple buddies of mine who are our partners as well own Valentino Winery, and we thought it would be a nice uh, compliment to the winery actually owning a brewery also. Nice. All right. So there you go. So now you produce three beers on a regular basis, and then you rotate different styles depending on the season. Is it because of space limitations at your facility that you're not producing other styles on a regular basis, or are those the three that you, you love the most, you want to be consistent with those, and that's the ones you want to push out there? Well, space definitely has something to do with it, Al. We, uh, we're, we're operating right now out of a temporary facility. Uh, we have a 15-barrel brew house, uh, six 15-barrel fermenters, and one 15-barrel bright. Um, we, are, we own a piece of property where we are in the process of building our tasting room. But right now we are a production-only brewery. Uh, we have no retail site. So it's, uh, it, it's been uh, a little bit of a challenge um, getting enough beer out there to the state of New Jersey. Right. Um, but uh, so far it's, uh, it's, it's working out. It's working out. We're talking with Keith Orienti, the managing partner of Brotherton Brewing, located in Shemong, New Jersey, brothertonbrewing.com. Is the website for more information. And I wanted to talk about that piece of property. You don't you don't have a tasting room at your facility, but we talked about this in Morristown at the Big Brew Festival a couple of weeks back. You mentioned how you have one of the biggest pieces of property for a brewer in the state, and I know you want to create a tasting room, but there was was something else that we talked about a little bit um, that you wanted to do, and this goes in line with um, the whole Battleship New Jersey thing. There's all these issues back and forth with the two brewers guilds that are now have now been formed. It's kind of taken up two sides. You mentioned something to me uh, that you wanted to do on that piece of property there. What was that? Well, as, as well as our tasting room, we're, we have plans to build a 12,000-square-foot uh, facility, 4,000-square-foot uh, tasting area and, and event space, um, an 8,000-square-foot production and, and, and storage. But we own 20 acres right on 206. Okay. right next to Valentino Winery. And we have plans to be able – our property is a little unique um, as far as us not being in, in a strip mall, in, in like a, uh industrial park, something like that. Mm-hmm. Utilizing this 20 acres, we're hoping to be able to do our own craft beer events, uh, festivals where we can invite all the brewers from New Jersey out and do a uh, huge craft beer fest right on our property. See, I think that would be an awesome idea and something that I think everybody would appreciate, and I think that I think it's something that you could put together and pull off. I know that there's there's so many of these different festivals. You you, you know, sometimes you look at them, and you're like, oh, my God, I got another one this week, another one next week. But I think that would be a, a really fun idea. Now, Keith, as you know, so many of these larger breweries within the state have formed their own association. I've read the different stories. They're saying it's not a competing organization, but on the face of it, it does look as though these bigger folks are competing with the smaller breweries like yourself since they're excluding breweries who make less than 2,100 barrels per year. What's your take on this? Um, I'm, I'm torn. I'm definitely torn. I hate to see um, the state divided 
Uh, you know, as, as a craft brewer in the state of New Jersey, we have enough obstacles to overcome. Um, you know, having one group with us all banded together, let alone now there being two separate groups, um, it's, it's a tough situation. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it, how it plays out here. Yeah, and and you know, and again, uh, you know, I was I was mentioning this to to Jamie Quelly from Forgotten Boardwork Brewing, who's obviously the president of the New Jersey Brewers Association, uh, and and I've talked to a number of different people. It's what's what bothers me more than anything is the fact that here is a state on the cusp of of really breaking out, and if you look at you know the neighboring state in New York and what Governor Cuomo did to relax the laws to help craft brewers and and people who make cider and wineries and and really there's such an explosion of craft beer in New York. Uh, you know, you would hate to see that happen here in New Jersey where the laws are, look, I mean, you and I both know, Keith, the laws in New Jersey with, when it comes to dealing with breweries are very, very archaic. It's, it's ridiculous that you, when you go to a, uh, a brewery, you have to take a tour and all this other stuff. And I understand the arguments about serving food and how restaurateurs don't want that to happen because obviously they pay a lot of money for their liquor licenses, and I get it. But what bothers me uh, is that, here you have these these big breweries. It's almost like, you know, everybody talks about how craft beer is fighting. It's the David, David versus Goliath kind of syndrome. Well, it seems like we're having a mini battle like that here in New Jersey. That's definitely what it seems like to me, too, Al. It's, uh, it's a little frustrating, you know. Um, like you said, we have huge hurdles to jump over right. here in this state. And uh, with with everybody not banding together, it's going to be it's going to be real tough. And, you know, and your brewery is in a unique situation, too, because you don't have a tasting room. You're building one, but you don't have a tasting room. So the majority I mean, listen, all of your sales right now come from getting out to bars and getting your cans in the liquor stores and getting your beer on tap uh, at various bars. That's your revenue. If you don't have that, you don't make money. Now, obviously, the tasting room would be a benefit to that for you because you could serve cans and growlers out of that. Uh, particular, you know, out of that building. But right now, your lifeblood is distribution and getting it out there. Now, I'm, my guess is you're a self-distributor, correct? We are, yes. We self-distribute, okay. and we also we do very little self-distributing. We're actually uh, teamed up with Hunterdon Brewing Company. Okay. okay. Um, and they are our main distributor. Okay. So, obviously, there's a partnership there as well. But, again, you have to make that beer to get that out there. And without, you know, certain things, it just, it seems like to me the big guys are just like, you know what, we're doing our own thing. The little guy, sorry, you know, thanks thanks for the memories, but we're, we're moving off in a different direction, which I don't seem to understand why you can't all work together, you know? I, I, that's that's uh, hard for me to understand as well, Al. You know, it's... It's tough because, like you said, we're we're kind of we're kind of the black sheep in the uh, in the craft brewing world in the state of New Jersey right now. Right. We're one of the only ones, if not the only one, um, that does not rely on tasting room revenue to uh, to keep our our business going here. Right. And you know what we're hearing out there from mm. from both sides, it's uh, it's a little it's a little concerning. We're talking with Keith Orienti, the managing partner of Brotherton Brewing, located in Shemong, New Jersey. BrothertonBrewing.com, the website for more information on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Keith, what's coming up from you guys in the next few months as we're moving into the spring and summer? Well, we're real excited about AC Beer Fest. Um, and after that, you know, we're on the schedule to do a whole bunch of, uh, whole bunch of festivals and, and different events throughout the state, which we really look forward to. That's our chance to get out there and really talk to the people um, and, and get our beers out. 
Uh, as far as different beers coming out, uh-huh. we, have, uh, we have a barrel-aged Saison that's going to be bottled that's coming out real soon. Uh, we also have a bourbon barrel-aged, our Jersey Devil Double IPA. Uh, that's going to be out real soon, too. So those are two we're really looking forward to. Interesting. Bourbon-barreled IPA. That's a, a yep. double IPA. That sounds very interesting. I like that. Yeah. That's it's, definitely it's something I'm going to want to taste. Yeah. I like that. All right. We're talking with Keith Orienti, the managing partner of Brotherton Brewing. It's lo- they're located in Shemong, New Jersey. But, again, it's a production facility, not a tasting room, but they are building one. And when they when they get that tasting room open, we will certainly get you the details to that. BrothertonBrewing.com is the website for more information. If you're down at the Atlantic City Beer Fest, uh, d- definitely check out their beers. Try them. And, of course, if you don't see Brotherton Brewing at your brewery, tell the bartender. Say, listen, got to get these guys in. They're really good. They'll get in touch with Keith. They'll get the beer in the bar. Keith, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. When we come back, we're going to welcome in Barry Holston, uh, the brewery manager from Flying Fish. He'll jump on board. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's partly cloudy, 45 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Several people injured in a four-alarm apartment fire in East Harlem this morning. Mike Bauer has more. Firefighters said the windows were blown out upon their arrival and grew to four alarms. Fire Chief Frank Lieb says that was just one of the challenges firefighters faced when they arrived. Well, they were confronted with heavy fire on the first floor, so that made it difficult to uh, difficult to get in there and, and put it out before before it extended up up some of the uh, voids and, and got to the upper floors. Officials say flames broke out on the first floor deli at East 103rd Street shortly before one o'clock. Four residents and two firefighters were treated at the hospital for minor injuries. This comes after firefighter Michael Davidson was killed in a massive blaze on Thursday night in a building near 148th Street. Mike Bauer, NBC News Radio, New York. Two people were injured and taken to the hospital after the NYPD confirms a police-involved shooting in Harlem. The FDNY says they responded to a report of a shooting at 125th Street and Lenox Avenue just before 8.30 tonight. Officers investigating inside a Whole Foods store. Witnesses say the shooting happened inside the store. In sports action, as heard on AM 970, the answer, the Islanders lost to Chicago 3-1. The Rangers beat Buffalo 5-1. The Devils edged Tampa Bay 2-1. Preseason baseball, the Yankees sweep a pair of split squad games from Toronto and Atlanta. The Mets lost to St. Louis. Major League Soccer, NYCFC, and New England finish on a two-all tie. The Red Bulls blank Minnesota 3-0. Checking the traffic, a crash on the right lane on the cross Bronx eastbound between the Deegan and Jerome Avenue. A 15-minute delay coming across the Alexander Hamilton Bridge and a crash on the F. FDR northbound approaching the RFK Triborough Bridge. One lane is closed heavy from the 70s. And minor delays for the Hudson River crossings into and out of the city. You now know how not to go. The weather forecast for tonight going to see partly to mostly cloudy skies. Chance of a snow shower low 35. Sunday mix of clouds and sun breezy high 45 degrees. And Monday sunny and breezy high 45. I'm Dave Banning, AM 970, The Answer. If you're a firm believer that education is a top priority in helping shape our children to be the future leaders of tomorrow, then you'll be excited to know that AM970 The Answer has developed a program to help parents send their children to the best Christian schools in the area. The half-off tuition program is a way for parents to send their children to school at half the cost of the annual tuition. We partnered up with some of the leading schools in the New York, New Jersey metro area. This is a great way for parents to reduce the costs and still have their children receive a quality education. AM970 The Answer 
is also offering each school the opportunity to promote their school with a full radio advertising campaign. This is just our way to say thank you to the parents and schools that already know the importance of a good education. For more information, go to am970theanswer.com and click on the discount tuition banner. Here are just a few of the schools available. Eastern Christian Elementary School, Flushing Christian School, Gateway Academy. Once again, go to am970theanswer.com for the full listing of schools. Every child deserves a quality education. That's why NJEA members, teachers, and educational support professionals are proud to partner with parents to provide students with the support they need to be successful in school and in life. NJEA knows that when families and schools work together, our children are the winners. And our commitment to students is paying off. Did you know that according to some national publications, New Jersey schools lead the country in student achievement and giving children the chance to succeed? And our high school graduation rate is among the top in the nation. The College Board also reports that New Jersey students have the highest advanced placement scores in the nation. Go to NJEA.org to learn more about the great things happening in New Jersey's public schools. This message, sponsored by the New Jersey Education Association, the New Jersey Broadcasters Association, and this station. AM 97, The Answer. Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gattulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. My guest on the cast is one of the brewery, he's the brewery manager, which is uh, of a brewery that is located in Somerdale, New Jersey. The brewery got its start back in 1995. It's the largest brewery in the state of New Jersey, and of course, the name of that brewery is Flying Fish. Flyingfish.com is the website for more information. Let me welcome in Barry Holston to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Barry, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. You got it. Now, Barry, how did Flying Fish get its start? It's got its start on the Internet. It's kind of like the, in 1994, 95, Gene Mueller, the president and founder, pretty much started his own Kickstarter on the new web. I mean, you would go on AOL, Prodigy, or whatever, and he was asking for investors. So he was the first brewery that was created online and funded online and then became a reality. I think it was really ahead of its time. Wow. That is, that's pretty cool. I mean, especially when you're talking AOL and Netscape, those who are in their 20s probably have no idea what that is. So uh, No, no. You had to write three pages of code. I mean, I remember I was in college at the time, and I had to write code, and you had to, you know, the URL or whatever came up, and you had to, you know, you had to make sure those three paragraphs of code were correct and then get on the website. No, uh, no, you know, no GUI interfaces or anything. Right. It's just text. And, and, <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, it's even before MySpace. So there you go. So, uh, what, you go. so Barry, what does your job as the brewery manager entail? Uh, I, I do all the plan operations. I schedule. I create the recipes. And, uh, you know, just I run the operations of the plant. Okay. Now we're talking with Barry Holston, the brewery manager at Flying Fish Brewing out of Somerdale, New Jersey, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So, of course, Barry, it's been the big talk in New Jersey for the last week and a half or so, and I've got to ask the question, and it seems to be the elephant in the room. Uh, the new brewery association that has formed with Flying Fish, along with Kane Carton and the other big breweries, 
uh, have become members of this new association. Why was the new association formed, and does this exclude many of the smaller breweries around the state? As a, you know, I, I can answer as a brewer, you know, okay. seeing from the other side, and, you know, I can speculate. Um, I think uh, New Jersey, I've been a part of the New Jersey Brewing, uh, you know, since 1994. I started in Triumph and worked my way around the country and came back. The Guild has always been around and has kind of been uh, um, a reactionary group for what's going on in the area and how does it support its breweries. And right now, the New Jersey, I mean, has an explosion of breweries. Mm-hmm. Now you have like over 80 breweries in the state, and each one of them wants a different thing. And, you know, the production breweries want to focus on uh, legislation on production. And then the smaller breweries want, you know, legislation focusing on tasting rooms. So there's, from my perspective, it's just uh, the state has um, uh, grown uh, into a, a place where uh, not all facets are being met by one organization, okay. and I don't think it's I don't think it's going to exclude breweries. I think, uh, you know, if your focus is on production, you look at one group of people to help you out that are focused on that that side of legis- legislation. Okay. And then I think on the other side, having a smaller, uh, I I don't you know I think it would be great if they could you know put put everything together and have all their baskets in one thing sure but at the moment i don't it just doesn't seem like that's a reality and but i think it's better for the smaller brewers to have a group together to say hey this is our common goal let's move forward because small breweries that produce less than a thousand barrels have different wants and needs out of their business and expectations out of their business than a brewery like us who are producing over twenty thousand barrels a year right So so i think it's um, I think it's just a, you know, I think it's, a, it's an evolution of what's going on in the state with the breweries. So in your opinion, Barry, you think that the two groups are not competing with one another. They're trying to go after different pieces of the pie. Absolutely. You know, tasting room and on-premise uh, sales versus us, where a majority of our sales are off-premise. I mean, it's 99% of our sales or even, you know, more is off-site going to bars and liquor stores, where some breweries that produce less than 300 barrels are pretty much on-premise, on their own premise, serving mm. all, you know, a majority of their beer. And they're looking for legislation that protects them uh, as a developing industry. So I think, you know, it, it just everybody has their different wants and needs out of, the, out, of the, out of it. And having two different groups focused in each for each one of them, mm. I think is, 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 it, it'll be better for the smaller breweries. All right. Fair enough. Talking with Barry Holston, the brewery manager at Flying Fish Brewing out of Summerdale, New Jersey, on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, let's talk for a moment about the exit series of beers that Flying Fish uh, puts out. They've been quite successful. How did you guys come up with the flavors and styles for each exit? <laughs> Well, Gene, the uh, founder of the company, usually calls me into his office and says, hey, we're going to be making a, bur- a beer for, let's say, Trenton. And he goes, oh, what do you think about Trenton? And I went, well, there was a People's Brewery of Trenton. There was a Champale. And the only other thing I could think about is um, pork roll. And he goes, okay, so how are you going to put that into a beer? So I had, you know, I made pork roll porter. Right. So that's pretty much how it's an organic kind of uh, we look at the area, we see if there's something historical or something going on in that area that makes sense and try to relate it to the production or ingredient within the beer. And, and, and since you mentioned it, you're saying pork roll, others say Taylor ham. Now, I'm a transplant in New Jersey. I live in New Jersey, but I'm originally from Staten Island. We, we used to have eggs and bacon on our bagels. Everybody else, uh, you know, or on a hard roll. Everybody else in Jersey, it's either Taylor ham or pork roll. 
Why pork roll instead of Taylor ham? I have to ask. Uh, well, it's just because where we're from, and you know, if you move north, more north, and then it changes. So I, I wanted to do a seven A and seven B and have both <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> represented. So you know, I think it's a great product. I think Taylor and you know, uh, I think I can't remember Chase is the other uh, manufacturer. I think they put both put out fantastic products. And I would have been happy making both. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Talking with Barry Holston, the brewery manager at Flying Fish Brewing out of Somerdale, New Jersey, on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you guys have some new beers coming down the pike. I know that um, uh, one of your uh, sales reps, uh, Chris, uh, had posted something yesterday, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to call it up on my computer, and, of course, my computer decides that it doesn't want to work properly. But you guys have a new IPA that's coming out very soon. Is that correct, in the, in the next couple of months? That's uh, that's actually it's sooner. We're going to be actually creating the cold pressed coffee this week for it and packaging it next Monday. Oh, so nice. it's a coffee. It's a coffee IPA. It's cold pressed coffee IPA. We're using uh, a couple a local roaster to roast all all our uh, coffee, mm-hmm. and then we uh, in the brewery we take the coffee, we steep it in some cold water for 24 hours, and then we will blend it into our. Uh, our IPA and it comes out delicious. Like it, it has all the nuance and roast flavors, but without and keeping the fruit aspect of it, so where the hops can ride over it. We use a combination of azica and citra as a aroma hops for it. So it's just they work beautifully together. Nice. And then this other one that he posted, I finally got it up here on my computer. Outside IPA. Tell me about this one. Outside IPA is going to come out somewhere around June. Uh, we're packaging it in May. So it's, a, it's our attempt at a American IPA, which, oddly enough, we've never had a American IPA in, in our catalog. Mm-hmm. So it'll be a fruity IPA, uh, fruit forward, not quite like a juice, um, you know, New England juice style. Juice right. Uh-huh. Yeah. It'll be a little bit of kind of a, a, a hybrid between a juice and a, a West Coast IPA. Okay. Where it's golden, it has fruit flavor, it still has some pine, still has some bitterness behind it. So it's kind of like a, a softening of the West Coast, but a hardening of the uh, New England-style IPA. It was really fun to kind of develop that recipe and kind of focus it. So it'll be a golden color, and it'll have um, citra, mosaic. It'll have a bunch of, you know, and West Coast hops involved in it. So it'll be very nice and round and flavorful. Outstanding. I look forward to trying that. Now, the Atlantic City Beer Fest coming up in just a couple of weeks. Of course, lots of Jersey beers represented at the event. Uh, is Flying Fish going to be there? And, and if so, what are you guys going to be serving? We're going to be serving a couple of different uh, beers. We have our, our barrel-aged Wobbly Cow uh, Milk Stout aged in bourbon, bourbon barrels. Mm-hmm. So that'll okay. be really – oh, it's rye barrels out of Dad's Hat out of Bristol, which is delicious uh, nice. rye whiskey. So – we're going to be doing that. We're going to have, uh, I think, Jersey Juice, which is our, uh, our kind of slant on uh, the uh, New England style. I just yeah, had that over the weekend at the uh, Morristown event, and that was very good. Really enjoyed that. Yeah, thank you. It was kind of hard putting a uh, beer like that. Traditionally, they seem to be made on uh, two-vessel systems and trying to figure out how to put make a hazy beer on a five-vessel German brew house is kind of a, it's a challenge that I've never kind of thought about. I've always been trying to make beer clear and stable, and now I'm trying to, you know, I can, I'm, I'm, I'm approaching 40% uh, oats in the, in the beer, and I just can't get the haze right. Everybody seems to be uh, kind of, the, the only ding on the beer that I, I would say that people seem to have is I can't get it hazy enough. <laughs> right, well, I mean, you know, I, I, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, right? I mean, you know, some yeah, people... 
One one haze, one one perfect haze is another person's. Uh, I guess what failure of a haze? I don't know. It, it, listen, at the end of the day, r- whether it has the haze or not, if it tastes good, that's the bottom line, right? Well, if, that, if that's what if that's the only criteria that that is a you know a negative on the product, I'll take it. <laughs> there you go. My guest has been Barry Holston, the brewery manager at Flying Fish Brewing out of Somerdale, New Jersey, right here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer, Barry. Thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. You got it. When we come back, time for Suds and Duds and a, and a recap of the event at Morristown, the Big Brew Festival uh, in Morristown last weekend. Got to try lots of great national and local beers as well. You don't want to miss out on that. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Joe Walsh puts the border issue in plain English. There's a sizable chunk of people here in this country who don't want our borders to be secure. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. We're simply not a sovereign nation if we don't have secure borders. What's the use of having borders if you're not going to secure them? The Joe Walsh Radio Program, weeknights at 9, right before Eric Metaxas at 11, on AM 970. The answer. Do you have money in the stock market? Are you watching it bounce all over the place? While you're focused on the short-term movement, you might actually be missing what time it really is. We are late in the business cycle. Interest rates are flying higher, and overvalued stocks and bonds are going to come down. It's time for a new strategy, gold. My name's Adam Barada. I'm the founder of goldisabetterway.com, and I'm so certain gold is going higher in price and going to outperform stocks and bonds. I've created the world's first gold retirement protection platform ever built. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you free access. Once you see this, you'll have no choice but to agree, and all you need to do is call for your special code. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. On a recorded line, you'll get a special code. You can join the site for free. No salespeople, no rigmarole. Just call 800-900-8000. Get your code. Get it now. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. Gold is a better way. com. Tweet us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. We're everywhere. AM 970. Theanswer.com. Segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Catulo, that's G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, of course, via email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes, Google Play, just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can download and listen to every show. Necromancer from the latest uh, Judas Priest album called Firepower. Man, what a concert. Uh, we've been talking about it during the show. The best part of the show, I have to say, and I left it for the end because that's when he came out. Glenn Tipton, who was not on the tour with Judas Priest, uh, ended up uh, coming out for the encore uh, part of the program at the Prudential Center on uh, this past Tuesday night and uh, did Metal Gods, uh, Breaking the Law. Uh, it, it was just it was phenomenal, phenomenal to see Glenn out on the stage and, yes, obviously the Parkinson's has taken a toll on him a little bit. Uh, but to see him there and the fans embrace him, standing ovation, just just the place went bananas. It was great. What a tremendous show. Uh, loved every part of it except for when they played Turbo Lover. The worst Priest song on the, in, in the entire catalog. 
It's their one of their more popular songs. I don't know why. Uh, but uh, when they play that, I ended up filming a little 30-second clip that I'm just, oh, I'm so disgusted. I hate the song. Hate it. I hate it. I actually viscerally hate the song. So there you go. That's my review of Judas Priest. They were fantastic. If you get a chance to see them uh, in the next month and a half or so while they're here in the U.S., go and see them. You will not be disappointed. Uh, just brought me right back to the 80s uh, of how great they are, and Halford still has it with his voice. So our Suds and Duds segment, we're going to run through a bunch of beers here, and then I have to get to uh, an event that I was at uh, on Thursday night uh, at City Field, the home of where the Mets play. Because there's a new brewery there, and we've talked about it on the show before, uh, but uh, got a chance to go there before they open, so uh, very cool. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. So started off, uh, and and this is over the last couple of weeks. I had a uh, Sassona Mule from Left Hand Brewing, uh, very smooth, lots of honey, very easy going down, uh, strong too. It does sneak up on you. Uh, tried the new Sam Adams New England IPA. Uh, it was good, a very drinkable IPA. Um, this one's a little sweet. Still love the Rebel Raw Best, though. That was a super hazy IPA. I don't know if they quite got the New England IPA uh, down, but definitely uh, a, a decent IPA from Sam Adams. Had a 7th anniversary chocolate and sea salt imperial stout by Westbrook. Uh, tremendous, fantastic chocolate flavor, and loved the kiss of sea salt at the end of this one. Uh, had a chai milk stout nitro by Left Hand Brewing. Uh, it's kind of like a chai tea, but in beer form. Uh, I, although I'm not sure if I could drink more than one. On this one, this might be just a one-off for me. So, uh, if I had to say if it was a suds or a duds, I'd probably go with more of a dud uh, than a suds for me because it's definitely not something I would want to drink. Uh, one, two, three, you know, maybe one, maybe a taster. Had the uh, new solid gold by Founders Brewing, decent lager, bready, malty, uh, tasting a little lemon on this as well. Uh, good if you want to drink a few. If you're looking to drink a couple of beers and, and not get knocked out, this is definitely the one for you. Uh, the good folks from Coronado Brewing Company, as we continue on in our Suds and Duds segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So the folks from Coronado sent me a can of their Coco Chaos. Uh, this is a California-only release. So if you're in California, uh, you can definitely get this beer. Great artwork on the, on the can. It's a 6.5% uh, ABV. Slight coconut flavor, which was really good because I didn't want it to overpower the taste of the pine and hops. An excellent IPA. Uh, and at 6.5%, definitely one that you could crush a few and not feel too bad. Had a left-hand IPA, a very piney, great bitterness, uh, tasting a little bit of pear, too, on this one. This was nice, a little different, a little change of pace from left-hand brewing. Nice stuff. Uh, a couple of stones uh, that I had, uh, the Stone Laurel and Dr. Rudy's Inevitable Adventure, uh, super flavorful, floral, citrus. Couldn't figure out the taste on the back end. For a double IPA, delicious, uh, more hoppy than piney. And then had a Scorpion Bowl IPA. Uh, nice bitter bite to this one. Enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I, there was some tropical flavors in this as well, but I really enjoyed that, that the, the bite of the bitterness when you first sipped it. And by the way, coincidentally, that was my 1,000th beer on Untapped. If you want to follow me on Untapped, just go to untapped.com and look for Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Had uh, from the boys of Bolero Snort, the Double Bull Stuffed. Uh, if you like Oreo cookies, folks, if you're into dessert, excuse me, if you're into dessert beers and you like a nice, sweet after uh, dinner beer, this is the one for you. If you like Oreo cookies, right up your alley. Very tasty. Went great uh, after dinner at a Cuban restaurant I was at not too long ago. Uh, Nugget Nectar by Trogues. Always a solid brew. Love when it comes out. Definitely grab that when you can. A Grapefruit Sculpin by Ballast Point. Another solid beer. Uh, the folks from Blue Point sent me uh, some beers. One I did get a chance to try. Delayed Pilsner. 
Uh, nice, easy drinking train beer for sure. Lots of malt flavor. Really enjoyed it a lot and could definitely crush a few uh, while sitting on the train heading into the city or something very easily. Nice stuff from Blue Point Brewing. Uh, Blood Orange Belgian Pale Ale by Wet Ticket. These guys are killing it. Their trolley hopper is in cans right now. Limited supply. If you get a chance to get over to Rawway, definitely check out Wet Ticket Brewing. Definitely pick up some trolley hopper in cans. But try the Blood Orange Belgian Pale Ale. Smooth, great Belgian flavor. A little bit of hop to it. Real nice, easy going uh, on the palate. Uh, my buddy Jay Wolf brought me some beers uh, for St. Patty's Day. Uh, Shillelagh Lager, which we've talked about on the program, uh, by Chatham Brewing. Nice and light, super crushable. I really do enjoy a good lager. This was definitely right up the alley. Uh, it is, uh, I think it's sold out pretty much everywhere, but it is making a comeback uh, in a couple of weeks, the Shillelagh Lager. As we continue on here in our Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Uh, had a Weyerbacher Sunday morning stout, properly done. Bigger ABV now. It was over 12% on this. Uh, the coffee, cinnamon, and bourbon shine throughout each sip. Definitely let this one warm up. You will not be disappointed. Uh, at the Priest concert, had a Luponic Distortion uh, Revolution number 9. Outstanding. Great German hops in this. Fantastic. Uh, they don't. Firestone Walker does not make a bad beer. Bottom line. Uh, had, uh, let's see, what else here? Uh, Switchback Ale, which we're going to have the uh, founder of Switchback Ale on in a couple of weeks. Nice change of pace. Smooth, easy drinking beer. Uh, liked it a lot. Uh, and then let's get to, uh, for the last couple of minutes of the show, we're going to discuss uh, where I was on Thursday night. Uh, over at City Field, new brewery, McKellar Brewing, is here on the East Coast, and their brewery is right inside City Field. So, uh, Rebecca, thanks so much for the invite. Very much appreciated. Uh, McKellar Brewing, uh, their uh, New York location, which is right inside City Field, right in the right field, right outside of uh, right field. If you know where McFadden's is on the back end of the stadium, just keep walking past McFadden's and you'll run right into uh, uh, McKellar Brewing. So, uh, first time they're there, McKellar Brewing opens up Sunday. That's tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, they'll open up. Uh, for business, definitely go in there and check it out. They will be serving food as well, so you can have a little bite to eat as well as enjoy uh, the beers that are in there. But uh, what a great event. It was real nice. Uh, the, 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 all the tanks are there. The, uh, you know, they took us on a little tour, which was great. Uh, you can buy beer uh, at the brewery to take home. Uh, I don't believe they will allow you to take it into City Field, obviously. So if you're going to do that, you're going to have to do it after a game. Uh, but you can definitely buy beer there. And the cool thing is the plan is to have, I think, 60 taps they were telling me uh, they're going to have 60 taps on, and it's not going to be all McKellar beer. I think they said something like 30 of the taps will probably be McKellar beer. The rest of it will be uh, guest beers and things of that nature, some one-offs and whatever. I know Industrial Arts was there on tap. They also had them in cans as well uh, if you wanted to pick up cans of that. So uh, just a great event. They serve different um, little you know, uh, finger food. Well, I shouldn't even say finger food kind of stuff. It was more like little sandwiches. Uh, that they had there, but a real nice turnout, uh, very much a, a kind of open seating uh, type of place. There's televisions in there to watch uh, the Mets games or sports games. Um, we are actually planning on uh, doing a show from there as well, so uh, it'll be really cool uh, to do the craft beer cast from McKellar Brewing right in City Field. I mean, it's very, very cool. It was a space that was originally used, I guess, for corporate events. They weren't using it, so McKellar needed a spot. And, and it's a perfect spot. And believe me, if you want to get to City Field, it's so easy. Take the 7 train. Just t jump on the 7 train. You're there. It's not a problem. Obviously, if you want to drive, there's there's multiple routes uh, to get to City Field. But uh, McKellar Brewing, fantastic job. So let's run through the beers that I had. Had a Windy Hill, uh, nice and smooth, almost a juice bomb, but not quite. 
Nice pineapple taste on this one. The Henry Hops, uh, a real nice bitter bite to this. Excellent. The best part was I took home a four-pack of Henry Hops, and they canned it on Thursday. It doesn't get any fresher than that, folks. does not get any fresher when you're talking about beer. Here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, the answer our Suds and Duds segment. Then I had a Trey Blood, which I ended up picking up two cans of this as well. Uh, very heavy on the maple syrup, tasting the coffee on the back end, boozy, very sweet. A very, very sweet sipping beer. Again, I was having tasters on these. If I would have had a full pour of this, I'd have definitely been knocked out. Delicious. Uh, then I had a Power Smooth, which the people next to me were drinking, and they really liked it, so I wanted to try it. Uh, might have been my favorite for the night. Great blackberry flavor, smooth, spices at the end, but the blackberry was just perfect on this stout. Uh, then had a real estate. Uh, this was uh, spicy, fruity. It was a Belgian golden ale, and an 8.1% ABV could definitely sneak up on you. Uh, I had a Say Hey Sally. That's their Pilsner that they're brewing there that will be available at Mets games at City Field. And I think the uh, – I'm trying to think if the – yeah, I think the Henry Hops and the Say Hey Sally will be available at Mets games at City Field. Uh, this is definitely the Say Hey Sally. If I'm at a Mets game, this is a beer that I want to drink in the summertime. Uh, it's crisp, lemony, delicious, crushable. Definitely you can have a few of these without feeling too bloated or, you know, uh, you know too full. Uh, uh, certainly a beer uh, for the lawnmower for, uh, you know, for the backyard uh, in the summertime. And then I finished it off with a Beer Geek Cocoa Shake. Uh, big, boozy, very good, without a doubt, a nightcap uh, from McKellar. So can't thank the folks from McKellar uh, NYC enough. Rebecca, thanks so much. Uh, we had a great little chat uh, before, uh, before I left. Uh, they gave us some nice swag, too. Got a nice uh, wool cap uh, for the wintertime and a, and a beer koozie uh, for the 16-ounce cans. But that's the cool thing about McKellar. You can go there before a Mets game. You can have a couple of beers, have something to eat, and then go into the stadium. When you come out, if you want to get some packaged goods to take home because you like the beer so much, you can. Very reasonably priced, uh, you know, about the same as most other uh, craft beer breweries. So uh, definitely something to look forward to. And, again, an easy ride on the 7 train uh, to to get there. So definitely you want to check out McKellar Brewing, and hopefully uh, within the next month or two we'll we'll be doing an Algatulo Craft Beer Cast from McKellar Brewing. But, folks, we're out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Keith Oriente from Brotherton Brewing, Barry Holston from Flying Fish Brewing, and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m., this has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.